Hey everyone, Peter here. Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Forbidden Planet International podcast. Chris at our Wolverhampton store recently had the good fortune to speak to Death's Head creators Simon Furman and Jeff Senior about their comic careers and their current project to the death. So, without any further ado, here's Chris. Right, this is Chris at Forbidden Planet in Wolverhampton. Uh, it's probably safe to presume that everybody here now is our two guests. Are, but I can introduce uh, Simon Furman and Jeff Senior, who are currently working together as Forged by Fire Productions and are currently creating the publishing uh, To the Death. Uh, this one's to both of you. Uh, what were the comics, uh, comics or books, that influenced you growing up? And uh, what, if any, comics do you read now? Do you even get the chance to read comics these days? <laughs> I mean, I grew up reading a mixture of British comics like Valiant and Smash and Lion. And they were sort of, they, they were interesting, but they didn't have credits in the mm. same, you know, very rarely or very rarely did they have like credits. But, I, you know, I used to love all those British superheroes like Robot Archie and the Spider and, and I thought they were amazing. So it was that. And then I kind of discovered Marvel Comics and that sort of blew my mind, really. And, you know, I think if anyone's inspired me, it's definitely Stan Lee's writing Not. and that sort of just that amazing way he and his artists could just conjure up these massive, amazing worlds and, and alien races and gods and monsters. And, and I think that's pretty much where I, you know, not that I kind of knew I, you could even make a career out of writing comics back yeah, then, yeah. but that was the stuff that kind of fired me and inspired me, really. But one, one interesting thing is, you know, I read Smash this fairly short-lived comic that um, IPC Fleetway produced. Yeah. And I'm actually, uh, Rebellion are bringing out a, um, a Smash special next year because they've got the Fleetway archive now. Okay. So I'm actually writing a story for oh, the Smash special. So it's like, yes, another little sort of box ticked there, you know. So uh, My little version of that is interviewing uh, Simon Furman and Jeff Seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? After reading the comics, you see, you know, it's, it's that little toe, isn't it? That little toe. Yeah. And nowadays, uh, I do read comics, but not as many as I'd like. Mm. You know, I, I actually find the time for reading comics is quite limited these days. And, you know, and what I do read sometimes are, you know, things from the past where I'm catching up on them yeah. in collected editions. Um, but, you know, I, I've read and enjoyed a few of the sort of more quirky things Marvel have been doing, like that uh, Vision series where yeah. he's sort of got a family in Washington, D.C., yeah. and I thought that was really, really good. And, and you know, I've been enjoying Immortal Hulk, the yes. uh, the Al Ewing series, and and the new, t uh, the more recent take on Iron Man, I've really enjoyed. Yes. So, so you know, I still dabble, but I just don't have the time mm. so much. Jeff? Uh, yeah, well, mine's a much simpler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were very small, we used to read the Beezer and the Topper, mm. and even the Brooms. That's Scottish yes. family, wasn't yeah. it? Um, but uh, as far as the comics as I got older, uh, I used to read Countdown because I was really crazy about uh, the UFO program and Doctor Who. So I used to read Countdown. I loved the artwork of Jerry Haylock. And I know John Burns was in there as well. So it was all really good artwork. And, uh, and then that progressed into TV action. And I read that. But after that, it was uh, I, I kind of didn't really any, read any more comics. And I never really got into the uh, the, the Marvel DC thing either. So uh, I guess I was just out playing on a bicycle a lot. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's mine. It's a, a shorter answer than Simon's. There, there we are. But didn't you sort of like... 
John Buscemazar. Oh yeah, of I course, mean, yeah, yeah. I, I of, did, in... I did really like John Buscemazar, but I didn't consciously go and buy yeah. um, uh, Conan the Barbarian to read it. I wasn't a, but if I oh, that's really good. But I didn't actually go out and subscribe and buy the no. whole thing. So, so I was young Jeff I got, in and out. You young know. Jeff got some sunlight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, not playing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, your first collaboration uh, came at Marvel UK, where you both created the robot bounty into Death Said Yes. Oh, I mean, we'd worked together before that, you know, on various Transformer stories. But yes, that was, uh, and obviously Dragon's Claws slightly preceded Mm. that. But yeah, Death's Head was, you know, our co-creation, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, uh, Again, to both of you, what are your memories of working uh, for Marvel in the 80s on such titles as Transformers and Dragon's Claws? Yeah, I mean, it it was a kind of crazy creative time because I don't think it'll ever see the like again because... There was a slight anarchy in the office, really, you know, and we we would have freelancers dropping in all the time because I worked editorially mm. as well as writing. So I was either editing Captain Britain Monthly or Thundercats or Transformers. So I was also doing a lot of commissioning and dealing with freelancers. So and, you know, we literally had a very open door policy there. It's not like comic companies now where I think you probably have to sort of give blood and a DNA sample (laughs) before you can go in you know people just used to turn up and they used to bring the artwork into the offices often rather than trust it to the postal service you know a lot of artists would just turn up with the pages so it was a brilliant time very creative and you know enjoyable and but frantic as well because we were doing a weekly comic and the, the logistics of getting a weekly comic out were were considerable. You know, I mm. mean, it really, you didn't have much margin for error, especially when you were originating material. So, you know, we were always working weeks, months in advance mm. just to make sure we didn't hit that that dreaded thing of we haven't got pages. Yeah. And, you know, there was, there was one notable time when uh, Dan Reed... Uh, who's an American artist, but he was living in Paris, was doing a lot of work on Transformers for us. Uh, And he was quite late on one episode to the point where we said, look, we will pay for you to get on a train from Paris, come over, um, and we will, you know, get the artwork off you because we were that up against it. Uh, And he got as far as customs. They, he didn't have enough, funds on him or something to satisfy them that he could i don't know they just thought he was some kind of vagrant i think and <laughs> and they more or less and they basically they sent him back to at home and said you know you can't come through and oh. we're just like oh no what are we going to do and 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 then he when he got home he found one of the pages was missing you know obviously the customs people had taken everything off him and one of the pages hadn't made it back so he literally had to draw that over redraw it overnight and come in again the next day with actually some money to his person on him and it was it was a nightmare but that was that's what it was like it was kind of crazy and and wonderful and and probably the you know we'll never see the like again of it you know i don't think you know, even like the offices of Marvel US, they're much, they're much less of that idea that they had of the bullpen where mm. everybody was just in there doing stuff. And, and now, of course, everybody just does it digitally anyway, sends it in as files. So it's it's not quite the same, I don't I'm, think. I met Jim Shooter a couple of weeks ago and literally he was... He, 
honestly, he echoed exactly what you've just said, mm. but in the US version. Yeah. yeah that it was, you know, back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, it was just a, a crazy land of, of, of people, just nutters, absolute nutters, <laughs> yeah. doing crazy things in the office just to keep things going mm. and keep each other giving. I mean, I remember, you know, I, I lived out there for about a year in, in 1989, and I was just in the offices most of the time, you know, and I was working for them, but, you know, not to that extent, you know, but they would just let me hang out in the Marvel offices and, you know, that just doesn't happen now. Oh, yes. So uh, so it was crazy, but a great time. And, and you know, I got to meet people like Jeff. I got to meet people like Barry and Barry Kitson and, and Will Simpson. And those became friendships that still endured, you know, oh. to today. And, you know, John Higgins and all these other great guys. And, and largely then it was just, you know, once we had a critical mass of people, it was down the pub and, uh, <laughs> and that was the way pretty much the pattern was set, really. Yeah, well, I used to trust the post office because I used to post uh, work down, and I remember uh, I used to sometimes I used to work on like uh, like thick boards, like I think it was CS two or CS ten. So you had to literally you buy a big sheet and yeah. you literally cut it up, and then wow. before you could even start drawing and stuff, and, <laughs> and then uh, then it was obviously not cheap to post it because it's quite heavy, so I had to post it down t- to London. And uh, I'm trying to remember how I got the scripts then. Did, did they get faxed up or did they like, mail? I mean, I'm sure at some point it was faxed, but they quite possibly posted yeah, originally. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember that. But then I, I, I used to come down mainly for the, the Christmas uh, party, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, and then pop in and, like I said, these guys are all pretending to work and looking busy. <laughs> and I used to go down to the production department down down the, the basement because there's a guy now, a good friend in there, and he could talk and work at the same time. So we used to have a good laugh <laughs> and... Uh, then it was, like I say, it was when, when everybody was end of the day, let's all go down to the pubs. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was good, good I mean, social life. I mean, yeah. I, I remember one time Jeff was down, we got him, we sat him down and said, look, Brian Hitch was doing an episode of Transformers right. and it was all running hideously late. Yeah. So we just sat Jeff in the same room and Jeff was, as Brian finished penciling pages, Jeff was inking oh, yeah, them yeah. and they were going straight off to the colour. You know, it was, it was kind of... Uh, a mad time and how we didn't miss issues, I don't know. That's class one. Um, yes, so uh, well, with the Transformers in mind, uh, were there different levels of editorial freedom between the Marvel UK and the Marvel US offices? Um, I mean, we didn't really have much to do with the Marvel US mm. office. We, you know, I don't think anybody outside of Bob Budiansky and maybe the editor knew we existed much and. And so we didn't really get much editorial oversight. You know, we had Jim Shooter come visit us once and and sort of teach us the Marvel way, yeah. you know, and, and Tom DeFalco came over when he was editor-in-chief and Budiansky came over a couple of times. But we didn't really have much to do with them and they they weren't really interested in what we were doing either. Yeah. So, as you know, I mean, we had to know what they were doing because we were threading our stories into theirs, but they weren't doing the opposite. So we had to have, you know, we had to know, and sometimes it was very late in the day before we would get their plots or, you know, if they were running late, we were just like, well, we don't know. So when we got to the animated movie and we could start doing the future stories, that was a blessed relief because we didn't, it didn't really matter what they were doing in their next chunk of issues because we would go off onto a future story tangent or something else. So it got better, but you know, and but in the end, strangely, you know, first of all, Bob Budiansky was, you know, 
not not dismiss it, but he didn't really care what we were doing. Mm. And and but the the more I got to know Bob, the more I liked him, and the more you know we started just to sort of strike up a friendship. Really, that again is is still going strong today. I say I think there was a photo over in London, was it? Yeah, yeah. Year, yeah he and his wife were over, so you know whenever he's over or or vice versa, we hook up. Oh, so nice. yeah, no, no, he's a really good guy, Bob. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Jeff, when you went to work in uh, then rather, so should I say, you went to work in advertising. Uh, was this a case of the grass is greener, or were you looking for different challenges? Um, well, I'd, I'd moved down to London, and I hadn't thought about working in advertising, doing storyboards, and it was again, it was the the, the guy from the production <laughs> down in the basement. Yes. He, he he started working doing work for uh, Hardman Animation. Um, at the time, and he said, "Oh, why don't you try advertising?" I said, "Oh, well, I'll look into that." I actually did a, a little job in the animation studio doing storyboarding down there. Um, but uh, I, I started. I thought, "Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look at advertising then." So I went to an advertising agency. It was actually called Helicopter, and with a portfolio. And, oh, yeah, yeah, we like you. We like your work. Like your work, but we we can't sh- show comic work. Because in them days, the comics were kind of looked down upon. Oh, of course, yes. They really yeah, were. Yeah. So it was all, I had really had to be really sat from scratch. And it's, it's a different process. Comics, and there's quite a difference between mm. them. Um, so I, I was sort of working in the studio and I'd get all little jobs. But it took a time to build up a portfolio of pure advertising work. Yeah. But what, once they could see, I could tell story, etc. And then once some art directors found, oh, yeah, I like, like what he's doing. Then I started getting more and more work. So, and uh, it was enjoyable. But the thing about advertising is, it's all wanted. You know, yes, yesterday. Yesterday, and and sometimes you really have to work fast. We worked late nights, sometimes overnight. Yeah. And you know, after years, a few years of doing that, you, you, it starts to get you a bit down. And mm. um, you know, so uh, but I stuck with it for a while, and and advertising money was was good. Um, so it helped. <laughs> so uh, I stuck with it and uh, I enjoyed it and, and a, a lot of jobs you get advertised are really interesting most of it you never see because it's concept work about they're trying to sell the ID to the client Yeah. so it never goes anywhere it's just throwaway art yeah. but some of, some of the ideas are really interesting it's got a lot of sci-fi stuff etc it's, yeah. it's, it's not all supermarkets and things sometimes you, get, you just get really interesting stuff to draw um, so I, I enjoyed it but it's just that, that thing about the time you know the, the, the pressure of, of turning the stuff around and not knowing when the phone's going to ring, or, mm. or, or, or they're often changing the deadline as well. They say, "Oh, we've got uh, I don't know twenty frames, but we've got you've got till Friday to do it." Then suddenly, oh, I don't know, we need a Wednesday now. And you've got twenty-five, <laughs> and it's like you were obliged to stick with it because you said yes. You yeah, know, yeah. Oh, oh dear, you know. But so the pressure was on. Mm. Um, so yeah, after years of doing that, um, I, I really thought, no, I, I can't do this anymore. I want to do comics again or something yes. more enjoyable, you know. Because the older you get, the more valuable your time becomes, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough. So uh, then I started branching back to, towards, let's do some more comics. Yeah. But still do advertising, because it pays the bills. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> which brings around to, uh, so you continue to work in comics, eventually teaming up with Jeff uh, to work on To the Death. Yeah. Uh, was there a mutual need to work together, or did one of you have to chase the other one down? Uh, no, I mean I think we've I mean, we've stayed friends all over, over the years, so it wasn't really a case of oh yes I must look Jeff up and see if he wants to do something. You know we were always catching up and talking, and you know and some of what Jeff was saying just then he was I could tell he was sort of 
little restless in terms mm. of the creativity side of it, you know, and just wanted to sort of cut loose again and do some, you know, just sort of out there world building, you know, sort of world destroying stuff. And and I was keen as well just to do something that, you know, after years and years of working on other people's properties, it had always been a bit of a dream of mine to hop, to create something that was ours, yeah. to develop it, to market, you know, and as, as, as it's turned out, market it, push it, distribute it ourselves and everything. So it, it has, it, it kind of just, it hit us both at the right time in terms of wanting to do something. And, and I think it, it just sort of, we just thought, well, where were we are at our, almost our best and it was kind of around that dragon's claws era where we could just build a whole world from scratch and populate it with characters and just take the story where it felt like it was going to go yeah. so that was the thing we decided to kind of rechannel into something else uh, for anybody who is yet to pick up and read to the death uh, what would be your opening pitch to the series uh, I mean, it's one man against the system when you boil it right down, but it's a, a future Earth that really is ruled by corporations. So, you know, as as I always like to think, good sci-fi really just is the world now through a slightly warped mirror. So, you know, but it's gone to that extreme of, you know, the Earth has been used up, bled dry by this trio of corporations. They've got soldiers off fighting off world wars so they can bring in more resources. Oh. And just generally, you know, they're controlling just about everything to the point where they, they're even recycling war as an entertainment. Yeah. You know, it's being brought home to the mass to keep the masses pacified as a tele televised sport you can get interactive with. So, you know, they've got one, they've got a, a, one of their soldiers, a pacifier called Alexei Dryagin, and he's, he's sort of survived longer than almost anyone. And he's coming home and pretty much coming home to something like a hero's welcome. And the, the Tricorp decide that they don't really want heroes. They don't want rallying points for the sort of dissident elements. So they decide arbitrarily they will just execute him yeah. as soon as he touches down. Uh, that plan just sort of goes out of whack. And very quickly, he is just a man, you know, who is just, committed now to sort of taking the fight right to their doorstep yeah, yeah. Uh, in my opinion uh, to the death has some form of origin in your amazing collaboration dragon's claws but expands so much further on the gladiatorial and reality tv aspects uh, it's a real uk feel if that makes sense a real 2000 ad style of a dystopian future with powerful corporations and humanity being quelled by the live streaming of war right to them uh, was it decision to self-publish rather than go through like a 2000 ad an established publisher yeah, I mean, we talked to a few publishers, didn't we? We talked to Rebellion, we talked to Titan, we talked to IDW. And, you know, and in some cases we had sort of deals and offers on the table. But in the end, what we, were, what we wanted to do was hold on to it. We wanted it to be ours. And, you know, even with a creator-owned project, you, you lose a certain amount of control over mm. it or you certainly lose amount of, you know, you're very tied to a publisher or whoever's sort of co-funding it with you. And I think both of us just wanted to, you know, to, to cut through that and maybe try and do something different because, you know, the way the comic book industry works is everything is distributed by diamond distributors to mm. comic book stores. And we sort of thought, well, is there another way, again, you know, to sort of sidestep around that rather than the traditional 
publisher to Diamond to comic stores, could we do it ourselves? And the answer actually was no. But we got together with the guys from Get My Comics and uh, Comic Toolbox who wanted to open up a creator portal of their own, really, for independent publishing. And they would they could do the things we couldn't, the logistics, yeah, yeah. the deliveries, the you know, the warehousing, things like that. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, once we had that, you know, arrangement with them, then it all became much more achievable, the yeah. whole thing, as a self publishing. Yeah, it was it was yeah, a question of everything coming together quite nicely. I mean, obviously Simon's got editorial experience as well, so you know, we'd go to the meetings with, with the guys and get my comics, and, and it was great because everybody had a different thing to do. I, I kind of sat there quiet most of the time because oh, I'm just doing the drawings, you know. <laughs> and these guys were doing the, the logistics and working yeah. out how, 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 how things worked and how, how, what's the best way to do this. And so it, it was a good mix of uh, the right people for the right part, part yeah. of the job. So, yeah. That's good. I mean, but we have missed a step actually because we actually did to the death first digitally. Yeah. You know, it originally came out as 18 digital episodes that you could subscribe to and download. Uh, and, you know, that had sort of limited success. Mm. I think, you know, people still aren't, you know, good with actually paying for things on the internet. Yeah. And, and lots of our sort of what I'd call our core readership just said, well, when's it coming into print? So, you know, we did the digital thing because obviously that was an easier step to get it out yeah. there. But now, of course, we've just taken all that digital material and Jeff is, has been reformatting it for print because it was all done screen-sized, you know, panel to panel to yes. panel. So it all had to be cut up a little bit and and reimagined yeah. somewhat. Yeah, yeah, which was actually quite relaxing and, and quite simple to do all yeah. the time, you know. It's quite easy to, to just get it and extend it. Oh, the, good thing, the other good thing was with certain bits... I, I could tweak and think, well, I'll, I could do that a little bit different, mm. you know. So it, it was great to just have another another run at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, that, that's why I'm so issue nine that we've, we've just finished, um, and now moving to issue ten. You know, the, the climax of the story is it's quite. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into mm. that. Must class. Oh, yeah, and we can just tweak that bit and yeah. this bit. You and, know? and we actually had some scope with nine and ten to add a little extra material in, yeah, yeah. Mm. you know, so things, almost like with hindsight, we thought, well, maybe we could have done more with that character, you know, what yeah. happened there. We've actually got a little bit of wriggle room with 9 and 10 to add in new material, so in a way, even if you've seen the digital version, the print version is going to be oh, somewhat nice. different. Yeah. And, you know, and it gave us this chance. We did a thing for, for subscribers. They could even get themselves drawn into issue 10. So, you know, we... We, all oh, yeah. our subscribers went into a pot, and and now Jeff is going to draw the winner into uh, issue ten. So oh, it's extra. given us that kind of extra chance, extra special, yeah. isn't it? Extra yeah. nice, that. But it's, it's, it's rare, isn't it, to be able to have that opportunity to go back into something yeah. that you you know yeah, yeah, whilst yeah. it's in production and and then tweak it slightly. And, it, yeah, yeah, a lot of creative um, exactly. you know, freedom there. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's it's just I think sometimes with the character or, or just the scene, you might think. Actually, I want to change that a little bit. Mm. You know, it, it could just be little bits, but it just helps the story yeah. better. I think the on, the online aspect is great in the fact that you can be able to get. You know, it, it goes out to a lot of people, but you can't fill a long comic box full of online comics. Can you know? No, you no, you no. really want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody had this idea that digital comics were just going to kind of take over and print comics floppies would disappear. Mm. But you know, we we kind of immediately saw certainly our readership, the people who'd grown up 
reading our stuff wanted it in print really yeah, definitely. so and we wanted it in print really yeah, didn't yeah, we it's, yeah. it's, it's always... the rockets the fields the smell yeah. yeah and the print's yeah, really yeah. nice isn't it as well it's it it? the, yes. the finished print is so good well, I mean you know is, and, yeah. and we yeah. didn't you know I mean they're very dismissively now you know single issues are cold floppies but we we deliberately took a step and made them, you know, sort of what they used to call prestige format, right, yes, yeah. which is going to, you know, 48 pages plus covers on good quality paper, cardstock with a spine. Mm. And, you know, we're not going the traditional route. We're not going to, or certainly not for the foreseeable future. So we're not going to trade. We're not going to collect an edition. Okay. What we're looking at doing is slip casing. So you will be able to pick up two you know, unique slip cases for issues one to five and six to ten, and you'll have your bookshelf, you know, sort of item at the end of it. So, you know, we're, at the moment we're looking into that logistic and that calculation, mm. and, and you know, and it kind of, again, it's, you know, I'm as guilty of this as anyone, but that sort of waiting for the trade thing, yeah. you know, when we didn't want that, we wanted to say, look, again, we're trying everything a little different here, and I kind of like, there's something that just appeals to me about slipcases. It sounds really nice, isn't it? You know what I mean? The idea yeah. of just, you know what I mean? And, you know, and trade? No, we're not doing trade. And, you know, and they'll be nicely sort of branded and artworked. Mm. And, you know, we're going to do what the definitive G1 does and have kind of spines that join Put up. Together, yeah. You know, so, you know, hopefully it'll be a nice kind of collector's thing, you yeah. know. Certainly appeals to me anyway. No, <laughs> Probably so. just be me. <laughs> no, no, no. no yeah, I, think, I think there's a few people who are <laughs> So at this point, I'd like to um, throw questions out to the audience if there's anybody who's got any questions for Simon and Jeff. Um, so is that why all the, all the comics you've done so far have three different covers to each issue? Well, no, not really. I mean, variant covers, you know, it just seems to be a thing the industry does and we sort of felt we don't want to go overboard with this but you know maybe that's what we do we do variant covers and and really it was also a chance to get you know it's very much Jeff's artistic project but I really like the idea of bringing in guest artists to do one of the variants and you know we've got the current issue there's a Kazama Kilatoa cover and her interpretation, it's just so interesting yeah, to see yeah. other artists' interpretation yeah. of these characters. You know, Brian Hitch did one of the issue one variants, yeah. Nick Roach, um, we've had Christian Ward. Beautiful cover. You know, we, uh, we've got John McRae coming up, oh, and nice. Mike Collins, and, you oh, know, really? and it's just, you know, we, we, what we've got is, is this nice sort of broad you know, spectrum of people mm. doing their own take on the characters mm. and so it just sort of appealed to us but sorry to answer your question no not really you know the, the slip <laughs> case, the, the slip cases are just going to be five issues wide so you know whatever issues you've got of one to five will fit in one and six to ten in another but in other words you might have to buy two <laughs> the case. if you've got more than if you've got yeah, many covers yeah. you'll have to have two <laughs> two each uh, is it, yeah, is that what we all done, guys? Yeah. Uh, so, what, just to talk about the creative process of actually putting uh, to the deaf together. Mm. Uh, what, what what is that for you? Well, for me, it's you know it, it's strange because my creative work on to the death was done a while ago. Mm. You know, Jeff's doing a lot of the the hands on work at the moment with it, but a lot of my day on to the death is is spent getting the issues physically ready to go to a printer you know we've got a de- we've got a designer in a company called amazing 15 mm. who do all the sort of work to make you know the issues look so good each time and and so i'm dealing with them you know uh, get my comics and 
uh, comic toolbox are dealing with the printers often, but it's just it's and and so much of it now is just the marketing, making sure that you know the comic shops are ordering, getting their orders in. Yeah. You know, getting we we send out Diamond send out a thing called previews, the catalogue. You know, and we don't have that, of course. So we send out our own little sort of PDF of um, it, what's coming each, you know, yeah. sort of couple of months time. So I have to make sure those are there, and just generally, there's been a lot of you know, just making sure we're we've got materials for conventions. You know, we're with you know all the artists or guest artists are getting their copies and you know and so it, a lot of it is more the editorial and production side I'm involved in at the moment whereas Jeff is doing you know two covers for each issue at the moment because yeah. he does a variant and a yeah. regular and then all the sort of reformatting and the case of nine and ten you're doing a lot of new stuff to go in there yeah yeah and, and, and moving the type over etc and tweaking <laughs> yeah. it and so, yeah. somehow Simon spotted spelling mistakes that he yeah. made and just uh, tweaking is, is it. Simon's uh, script like a, a looser script or you know like per page what, he, what he's asking for or is it more like a you know like a more almost like Stan Lee where he's saying this is kind of what I've happened you know throughout the issue it's a and bit leaving more like you that, to go yeah, leaving yeah, you yeah, to just yeah, to let yeah, rip yeah, with yeah. your art yeah yeah Simon it just it just probably do a paragraph explaining yeah. what, what happens and then I break that down and yeah. then it goes back to Simon, you know, brought it out, and then Simon add the dialogue later. I mean, because we were doing it originally for the digital, there was no page count, there was no panel count, mm. so it was very much like, well, this is what's going to happen in this one, and I'd write it as a loose screenplay almost, yeah. okay. and then it's just like, well, then now let's see how many panels it ends up as, and yeah, yeah, generally yeah. it was something like each episode was about eighty panels yeah, or something, yeah. wasn't it? And strangely, neat, rather neatly, two episodes is translating more or less into an issue. Yeah. So you know, yeah, yeah, but it, that wasn't planned, was no, it? No, it's just weird how it kind of kind of fits. You know, it's, it's uh, funny you say screenplay because it, to the death really comes across as how it, it re- works as a movie. Yeah, or or is it, is it that video game style? But, but you that's, know how, yeah. that's how you do it, wasn't it? How, how did oh, yeah, you describe yeah. it as a posh shooting yeah, like board? A, a posh shooting board is how I yeah. describe yeah. it. Yeah, but that's what it was. You know, um, and and if if you ever get a chance to see it online or on your smartphone, if you you sort of swipe through it it's got a lot of kind of kinetic motion you know it, yeah. it's not exactly an a, a, an animatic but it's it's almost sometimes it's lots of small manga style actions mm. that we you know we've had we can we're able to cut mm. out for the comic yeah yeah it, it still works well in the comic but yeah all little bits are probably more on, on the website than in the comic but the comic still works fine it's, it, it, it's a lot more connected, as you said, isn't it? You know, rather than having the gutters and the borders and everything, it, yeah, you know, yeah, it really yeah. flowers the action flowers between each page. Yeah. Each, each picture really goes across. Yeah. Uh, it, as I say, uh, Jeff, in my opinion, you know, with your art, it's different now than back in the Marvel UK days. Is this due to an artist's natural change with time, or is it a personal choice for yourself based on the needs of the book? I guess it's just a natural change because mm. uh, I think we're moving into advertising. Um, my, my style kind of changed anyway with that, so I, th- I think it's a mix. I've actually got lots of kind of weird, strangely different styles that I use in okay. advertising. You'd be quite surprised how yeah. many different kind of ways I can draw, but but yes, yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a mix of everything. But, um, but it, 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 I just kind of thought, of how, how am I going to draw this? And, and it was kind of quite loose. I actually roughed out a lot of it in China because uh, mm. my wife's Chinese and we go to China, and um, I'd, I'd go down to the hotel 
bar <laughs> and sit and, and rough things out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how a, a lot of the old stuff was done. And that's the thing, is it, with your artwork? Is mm. that you know what I mean? Um, if you've looked online and seen some of your artwork, the painted, you know, the painted covers yeah, and everything yeah. you've done, quite different from the you know the old original blocky kind of style. And then this is kind of different. Yeah, but yeah. But you said yeah. that is nuances within your style. Yeah, well, always the dragon claws. I was. Transformers time, I've drawn robots, and no one thought I was almost drawing robots still <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. with the people. You know. um, so, yeah, I've, I've kind of developed a bit since then. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, with um, To the Death uh, being set in the 27th century and Dragon's Claws in the 19th century, <laughs> is there a chance that Alexei Dragon, if I'm saying his name right, Dragon, is a distant ancestor of Dragon unofficially? Oh, very unofficially. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, you know, I, I don't, th- I don't think there's ever going to be a direct team up <laughs> here. But you know, it, it is very. It's just coming from that same place. Yeah. You know, I mean, and a lot of those themes that we put in Dragon's Claws, you know, were slightly ahead of the curve in some mm. ways. You know, especially the kind of the eco theme and and everything else that was in Dragon's Claws was almost a little before that was maybe as as now as and so it kind of still felt very relevant yeah and and we so we just decided not to reinvent the wheel too much mm. you know new characters new you know sort of you know I mean the story is completely different yeah. but you know is Dryargin kind of dragon yes he kind of is and is Kilatoa kind of our death's head Yes, he is. So, just, you know. just reading, there's a certain thing for, for me reading it that you think, you know, wouldn't it be nice that he's a direct ancestor <laughs> at some point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially the way the Earth yeah. is going into the death. You can imagine it being apocalyptic to then lead. And unfortunately, what I say, with the Dragon's Claws being set in the 19th century, it could almost be set a little bit closer, couldn't it? With the things, you know what I mean, yeah. the way things are these exactly. days, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, got, you know, it's well, not just, too far now. Sorry, just on the art mm. side, uh, it's set... Quite a many hundred years in the future. Yeah, I have no idea what it's going to be like. No. In the, future. the world's changing so fast that you know. I mean, they're still use kind of some kind of obviously fancy machine guns, etc. You yeah. know, but because I kind of like that because it's got more impact than, than laser beams. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of like the, the roughness of it, and I think well, you don't know what the world's going to be like, and you know, maybe it's, maybe it is really rough in the future because it yeah. doesn't seem to be getting better very fast yeah. at the moment. Well, you've only got to look at old comic books or uh, exactly, movies yeah, yeah. back in the day when they were thinking about what the technology would be like now. Exactly. And yeah. it's no, we've not got flying cars yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. That's yeah. The thing. They might never happen. Yeah, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. it's well, this year's Terminator, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. so this is Judgment Day, <laughs> just gone by. I think he's in it. Yes, yes that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> we're yeah. all mouse there. You know, and we just we just thought, well, you know, wherever we set this, you know, we might as well have set if we even if we set it a hundred years, you know, the same thing applies. So we just thought, well, you push it further and further, and the way things go round in cycles is, well, why or not? You know, they're just, they, they've gone back to using, you know, artillery rather yeah. than ray guns. And we just didn't want ray guns. It oh, was, exactly. Know. And the thing is, I, I, I imagine it's easier to, to block or stop a ray yeah. technology than a, than a bullet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Just press like, a button there's some primitive yeah. about it that kind of works. You yeah. Know? And I thought, how do you stop that? You know, it's, uh, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, gentlemen, uh, this has been a privilege and a pleasure. Uh, a lot. Thank you both for the time. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, great questions. Thank and Thank thanks you. everyone for yeah. coming. Thanks Appreciate guys. it. Nice one. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to think part of that's for me, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I'm sure some of that applause was for you, Chris. Thanks to Simon and Jeff for taking their time to talk to us, and thanks to Chris and the team at Wolverhampton for a great interview. Now, if you have any comments or feedback on this episode, then you can email us at fpipodcast at gmail.com. Or you could contact Chris on all the usual social media for Forbidden Planet Wolverhampton. Now, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on these sneaky bonus episodes that we do from time to time. And finally, make sure you check out To The Death. Thanks for listening.